Crank up the volume and get ready for real-world bird hunting by listening to the Wingman Podcast by Eastman's. Now your host, Todd Helms. Talk about being on the X. Hey guys, I got to give a big shout out to our newest partner for the Wingman Podcast, and that's Black Rifle Coffee Company. Uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company makes phenomenal products, obviously. Um, if you're not familiar with their stuff, you can check them out. Just Google Black Rifle Coffee and they'll pop up. Uh, they recently went public and that was a big deal for the company. Congratulations, you guys, uh, on that move and what that's going to allow the company to do in the future. Uh, just I want to take a couple minutes and talk about some of the products that I personally use and that I really like from Black Rifle Coffee Company. Um, I don't have it here with me, but they're my favorite blend. I've, tr- I've tried all their different roasts of coffee, which keeping up with that can be almost impossible, but it's fun. Anyways, guys are super creative. Come up with, they come up with great names and uh, it's, it's hard to keep up with, but it's fun at the same time. But my favorite one that I have tried and that I drink on a daily basis that's if you come into my office or I'm on a hunt and you open my thermos, um, it's going to be their JB blend or their Just Black. I'm an old school black coffee guy. That's how I roll. That's how I've learned how to drink coffee. And that's just how I am. I don't dislike cream sugar or some of the other stuff, but man, as my daily, give me just a black cup of coffee. And that Just Black from Black Ruffle Coffee Company is, that's my favorite roast that they have. Um, my house, that's what you're going to get. You come over and have breakfast or have a cup of coffee at some time, that's what you're going to get served. You crack my thermos in the duck blind or goose blind or on a pheasant hunt, that's what's going to be in it. Um, so it's just got it's got a really good flavor. It's got a, just enough body for me where it's, uh, I'm not going to get into the all the nuances of coffee roasting because honestly, I don't know all that much about it. I just know what I like. And for me, that JB roast is... Man, I really like that one. So check that out any place you can get Black Riffle Coffee. If you haven't tried the JB, take it from me. Uh, that Just Black Roast is awfully good, and, and I like it a lot. But a couple other of the products that I use a lot of, um, and I they're always on hunts with us, whether it's whether it's the, the waterfall or the upland, the upland hunts from wingmen or the turkey hunts from wingmen or the big game hunts for Eastman's. You'll see these two products in my bag or in my kit all the time. The ready-to-drink coffees are phenomenal from Black Rifle. The Espresso 300 in the rich mocha flavor is my favorite. That one is, man, you throw a couple of those in a cooler and you say you don't have time to make coffee in the morning, you grab one of those, slam that before you get going. That's 300 milligrams of uh Freedom fuel, as these guys called it. You know, Black Rifle, obviously a veteran-owned company, and very proud to be partnered with them. And I, I, I like their marketing. I like their slogans. It's catchy, and I like the fact that I'm supporting veterans when I choose products like the uh, Espresso 300 Triple Shot. It's a good one. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. They make a vanilla as well in this. I guess a vanilla caramel or a caramel vanilla. That one's good too, but I like the rich mocha. That's kind of how I roll. But I always try to make sure I got a couple of those in the cooler, iced down, ready to go. 
If not, I can break one out warm, throw it on ice. They're good either way, but that is a quick kick in the pants when I need a boost of energy and uh, don't have time to brew a pot of coffee or brew a cup of coffee or do a pour over or whatever. Another great option for when I do have time to boil water or I want to throw some in a backpack and I have a backpacking stove, whether that, again, is on a turkey hunt or, uh, or a big game hunt or a waterfall hunt, are the coffee bags. Black Rifle took the time to research a way to make a coffee bag like a tea bag. Um, it's the, it boils down to the material, because if you use too porous of material, you get grounds in your coffee, right? If you use too tight of a material, it doesn't seep. So they did a bunch of research and you are using a material in these coffee bag or these coffee pouches or I guess they're called coffee bags that it's just like a tea bag, square. And all I do with it, guys, is I boil some water, put it in my Yeti and like a Rambler bottle, throw one of those in there and I take off. Um, it's That way it's ready for my morning coffee break, whether it's in a duck blind, whether it's in turkey woods, on an elk hunt, a deer hunt, whatever the situation might be, it's not slowing me down. Coffee bags are good to go. I know a lot of guys in the office really like the instant pouches, and they're good. Um, definitely for instant coffee, they're the best I've had. I just really prefer the bags. I like the flavor it gives me better, and it's super easy, honestly. You can put a couple of those in, in uh, your backpack or in your hunting blind bag or whatever it is, as long as you have a way to get hot water, you got coffee. So those are the three products that I really like from Black Rifle. Honestly, they make so much stuff, it's hard to be hard, it'd be hard to talk about it all in an introduction here. But if you haven't checked out Black Rifle Coffee Company yet, you need to. Uh, great veteran-owned American company, and I couldn't be happier to have those guys partnered with Wingmen. All right, so welcome to another episode of the Wingmen Podcast, guys and gals. Uh, solo on this one, I wanted to talk to you, give you an update about Hondo and where we are with his training. It is the middle of May, actually kind of towards the end of May now, and it's been a long, super busy winter filled with hunting and trade shows and just work. And I pressed... I pressed pause, if you will, on Hondo's training over the course of the winter because I didn't want to get ahead of myself in the Cornerstone programming, the, the 52 plus programming. We are ready to move forward from week 13. At week 13, what I've been working on all winter long with Hondo is steadiness and obedience. I really, really, really wanted to dig down deep with those so that when it came time to get into the, the more fine-tuned training this later this spring and into through the summer months, that I wanted to I wanted to have a really rock solid steady base with Hondo. Um, took him out the other night just to throw some single marks at a local reservoir, and he he was phenomenal. He did not break once, which is the first time that I've been able to throw marks for him and not have him break at least once. Usually, usually going right into it, he'll break a little bit. Um, 
but he didn't break at all the other night. In fact, I was able to sit him on place and walk away probably 70 yards and throw a single mark out into the reservoir, out into the water, and he sat and marked the entire time. I was throwing a white bumper, a big, big white bumper. Um, there was a lot of glare on the water. It was even hard for me to see with the height advantage. You put Hondo at water's level, I probably should have been throwing um, a marker that would offer more contrast, like something orange or black uh, might have been a good choice. Black and white, maybe. Um, probably should have done that, but he marked. He marks very, very well, and a couple times he did lose the bumper. Um, he was able to kind of reposition and search and hunt and find it. And I, I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily in a hunting dog. And here's why I say that. I want my dog to have some autonomy. Um, yes, in a perfect world, I'm going to have complete control over my dog at all times, right? But we don't live in a perfect world. I don't hunt in a perfect world. If I have to send him into a cattail swamp or into a thick stand of Russian olives because a mallard went down in there or a rooster pheasant dropped in there, he's not going to be able to see me. I'm not going to be able to give him hand signals and direction. I need to be able to get him close or have him mark and get and then he can get himself close and then he uses that nose to hunt. Um, field trial guys, hunt test guys are probably going to rail me up and down for that and I don't really care um, because I'm not hunt testing Hondo. I'm not field trialing Hondo. I don't have a lot of options to do that in my neck of the woods without extensive travel. And by extensive, I mean hundreds of miles. Um, I don't have that, have that option. And quite frankly, with gas at $4.30 a gallon right now in Wyoming, I don't have that in my budget either. Um, I'm a blue collar guy, everyday guy, like a lot of you. I've got a family. Three little kids at home, mouths I have to feed, bodies I have to clothe. That money that I would spend on hunt tests is going to go to my kids uh, and back into my family. And like I said, if I lived someplace, say in southern Michigan, where I had hunt tests that were close and I could get to them in 30-minute drive or an hour drive, okay, that might be different. I'd probably get into those a little bit more. But out here in this part of the world that I live in, they're a long day's drive. Um, not a long day's drive, but they're a long drive from me. And those are the closest ones, and they go out from there. Um, if you remember back, and I had Chad Carmen on the podcast uh, about a year ago at this time, we talked hunt test. Chad's really into hunt test. Well, Chad and his wife just had their first kid, and I'm seeing a lot of... Um, Posts about the kid on social media and not so much about the dog anymore. Um, Chad, if you're listening, man, I'm not dogging you by any means. I'm empathizing with you. Uh, welcome to the club. Welcome to the daddy club, man. That's just the way it is. It's just the way it goes. And if you're on a budget, you got to make sacrifices somewhere. And honestly, if I got to choose between my kids and my dogs, my kids are going to get first, first gonna get picked first no doubt um that said 
please don't misunderstand me. I am not throwing anybody who likes the field trial or hunt test under the bus. It's really cool, and I applaud you for that. The stuff that I see you guys hunt testing dogs out there doing is, I, I think it's very relatable to hunting scenarios, and I think it's it's awesome. Um, the stuff that you can do with your dogs is blows my mind, and I think that's phenomenal. For me and for my purposes, I need Hondo to be, number one, a family dog that I can rely on, that I can rely on, and that I can trust. Number two, a hunting dog. Um, those are very, that's a very thin line of separation between number one and number two as well. Because let's face it, if all I wanted was a pet, I may not buy a lab. I may buy a German Shepherd or a Malinois or any number of breeds that <clears throat> would be a good pet and, uh, you know, offer some protection to my family. Or if I just wanted pets, I might get horses. Um, I, I say horses because I, I could use horses for hunting purposes where I live. Whatever, fish, birds, no cats. No cats. Um, <laughs> if you own cats, great, good for you. I'm not a cat guy. Um, but with Hondo, like I said, family dog, first and foremost, followed very, 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 very closely by um, a hunting, being a hunting dog. So it's super important because he's a family dog and he's around a lot of different people. He needs to be steady. He needs to be obedient. He needs to come when he's called. He needs to sit on command. He needs to heal. And he needs to do those things incredibly steadily. Um, yeah, I threw two L-Y words at you in one sentence there. Sorry. But he needs to be super steady. I can't have him barging through a door um, and knocking down a little old lady, knocking down grandma or an aunt or whomever that might be because he just can't. He's got to know his place and he's got to be steady. I worked really hard with Hondo to have the kids being able to handle him as well. And he does pretty well handling, letting the kids handle him. What I mean by that is the kids feed him. Um, it's my two daughters' responsibilities to feed him. My youngest does it in the morning and my oldest does it when she gets home from school. And they know the commands. He has to sit. He has to wait his turn until he's released on command. I've been doing that for years with Mackinac. Um, it's steadiness. That's a ste simple steadiness drill that I know for a fact translates into steadiness in the field as well. But with Hondo, it was really important that my kids be able to control him as well as my wife and I. And so they've been feeding him right from the start. If you're not getting your family involved in your dog training, uh, you're missing out because it's fun. Um, whether that be throwing bumpers or running and hiding things or simple obedience. Your dog needs to know that he's or she's third in line behind your spouse and your kids. If they don't, you're gonna have problems. You're gonna have a struggle. Um, and it's not good for the dog. It's not good for you or your kids either. I'm not saying that my house is perfect, but what I'm saying is we have, we've strived extremely hard to make that happen. That Hondo knows where he fits in and that a big part of that comes from letting the kids feed him 
and being his boss. And I, well, the end result is he listens to them. He comes to them when, when, he, when they call him. He sits when they tell him to sit. He stays pretty good when they tell him to stay. He's still a pup. You know, I look at Hondo and he's just over a year old. And that equates to about a 12 or 14-year-old kid, 12 or 14-year-old boy. There's a lot of energy, a lot of energy bound up in that hide. Uh, and it shows when we train Shows around the house. We don't get him enough exercise. He's a handful. That's okay. Uh, Barton Ramsey said something the other day in a social media post that really, really resonated with me. And it might even been in a comment on someone else's post. And Barton, if you're listening, man, just know that it's wisdom like this that uh, that makes me that made me seek you out as a breeder in the first place. Barton said that. To expect a, a Labrador Retriever, or any dog for that matter, at a year, even two years, to have an off switch, um, that's a variable expectation. That's going to look different for different dogs. Sure, some dogs, when they're in the house, boom, they're laying down, they're on their bed, they're taking a nap. Some of them even at a year old. Cool, good, awesome. That's not Hondo, and that wasn't Mackinac when he was that age. Um... They were controllable, they were pleasant to be around, they had their place, and they went to it and stayed there. But a flat-out off switch where they go from high-order energy to taking a nap in five minutes, that's, man, that's fairly rare in young dogs. And if you're expecting that out of just about any dog breed, but especially in my experience, Labradors, ugh, um, you're going to be disappointed. Give that dog some grace. It's a kid. Think about it for you guys out there. Think about where you were at at age 12 or 14, where your brain was. Could you focus for more than 10 minutes? Probably not. Did you sit still very well? Probably not. Well, your dog's kind of in the same boat. Um, lots of exercise, lots of attention, work to do. Give him a purpose. That's the other thing that I've worked with Hondo at all winter long is giving him a purpose. Hondo understood very quickly that his purpose was to retrieve. His purpose was to hunt and find things and bring them to me. And that goes from everything from hiding things around the house to playing, so throwing little marks in the backyard to getting him out and having him out in the field as well as much as possible. Um, but he needed to have a purpose. I wanted Hunter to understand that he had a job to do, um, whether that be training, or around the house, whatever, he had purpose. And that's important for me to have in a dog because if I have a dog that doesn't really know what it's about, um, in my experience, that you're not, getting, you're not gonna get the most out of that dog and that dog is not gonna get the most out of itself. It equates very directly with Hondo in his training. The whistle comes out, the bumper comes out, the I mean, you guys are the older dogs, you get your hunting vest out, you get your shotgun out, and boom, they're right there, and they're like, they know that's their purpose. I started to do that with Hondo. Um, he hasn't figured out birds yet, because we didn't have him on a lot of birds, but he knows what training is all about. He knows um, if I point to, to, to his bed, for example, boom, he knows that's his, that's his purpose, that's his place, he's on it. Little things like that. And it started small with, go back to those initial weeks 
with CGA 52 plus, with Cornerstone Gundog Academy's 52 plus program. I'm still using the program. Like I said, I just pressed pause for a while this winter and really drilled down deep in about week 13. But the initial weeks of that program set the stage for the success that I'm experiencing with Hondo now. Um, yes, breeding and socialization have played an enormous part in that as well. But CGA is, there's things about that programming that I didn't expect, I didn't see coming, and ways that I have done things in the past that have been improved upon with CGA, with 52+, plus, and I, I couldn't be happier so far with my results. So getting back to week 13, I pressed pause right about the time it, we were extending place, extending sit, and sitting at a distance. In other words, Hondo's out away from me, He's doing his own thing. I make sure he's not completely distracted and then beep, I give him the sit command. He needs to respond immediately. That butt needs to hit the dirt right now. We started close and if you're not using CGA, um, you'll, I'm not gonna give out any trade secrets, but we started close. So he was only a few feet away from me and we kept increasing that distance every everywhere right down to the point where I've gotten now to where I can I'll recall him and halfway through the recall beep sit and I'll make him sit and stay obviously reinforcing that with treats um, with love and praise and he's responded very very well to it so much so to the point the other night I wanted to try something I hit a bumper in some bull rushes and some cattails, real thick. He couldn't see it, it was a blind retrieve. I lined him up, not very far away, 20, 30 yards. Lined him up, gave him my line, Hondo, and sent him. He took a really nice line, but we'd been throwing watermarks, so he kept looking in the water. And so I hit him with the sit command, beep. And he didn't really, he kind of perked up, but he didn't pay much attention, so I said, Hondo, and he looked at me, beep, and he sat. He sat in the water. He was in about that much water. He sat down and looked at me, and I went, Hondo, and sent him over. And we haven't really done a lot of hand signals, but I'll get to how I've conditioned that. And sure enough, he went exactly where I needed him to go. Now, I'm not going to lie to you he didn't go in perfectly and find the bird and find the bumper and bring it right back he hunted for that bumper for probably five minutes before he found it it was good it was good because he's hunting 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 and i kept every time he'd get too far away i kept nudging him back in and easing him back in to where i wanted him to be with the hands with the sit command and a hand signal now, he doesn't know hand signals super well. We haven't worked on that yet. We haven't gotten that far in the CGA curriculum. But what I've started with with him is every time I want him to go someplace, I point to it. Um, and it's something that, again, back to Barton, Ramsey, talking about heel, I've always patted my leg when I wanted my dogs to heel. Always. And it's something that I guess I did unconsciously. But... Now I do it on purpose. I started with 
Josie. You guys have heard me talk about Josie. That was the first dog that I really trained on my own. And I had Josie heel on the right, and I pat my right leg. Heel, and she'd heel. So it was like, okay, it was just became a habit. Did the same thing with Mackinac. Heel, right side. Probably should have had those dogs heel on the left, but had them heel on the right. So I'm healing Hondo to the left side, and I'm constantly, right from the get-go, Hondo, heel, and three pats usually, and it's the same as three whistles, which was the recall command. Um, there's a lot of... There's a lot of conditioning that goes into that. Because I'm doing that with my hand, I'm setting him up to pay attention to my hands. And so when I want him to eat, right from day one, Hondo, or eat, and I would point where I wanted him to go. You know, if he's on my left and the food dish is here, Hondo, and I would point with my hand. I don't, I can't tell you to a certainty that it sets the that it has set him up to pay attention to direction but i know with mackinaw that with that simple constantly using my hands to direct the dog where i want him to be um made getting mackinaw lined in a direction he he picked it up really quickly hondo's showing me the same things now like i said we haven't delved deeply into lining and into uh, like field work. Just been doing little bits here and there kind of on my own, trying not to establish any bad habits um, because it's time to drill down deep now that we have the obedience stuff. Hey gang, gonna take a break and bring you a word from our sponsors. Hey guys, today's episode of the Wingman Podcast is brought to you by Savage. That's right, Savage Firearms. I personally am stoked to be partnering with Savage and shooting their new Renegade. I had the opportunity last year to put the Renegade through the paces on a Montana turkey hunt and perform flawlessly. Obviously, a turkey hunt is not a waterfowl hunt where I'm burning up lots and lots and lots of ammo, but I've had a chance to put that same Renegade through the paces shooting skeet, sporting clays, and trap this summer and it has not failed me once. I specifically have not cleaned it. I want to see how much dirt, grit, grime, and punishment that Renegade can take before it malfunctions, and I haven't found the limit yet. I've been super impressed with the fit and feel of the Renegade. This thing's just tough. It's tough as nails, and if I'm looking for a waterfowl-specific shotgun, I'm looking for something that I can use as a canoe paddle if I need to. And the Renegade is going to do that and still go bang at the end of the day. You know, there's been uh, lots said over the years about shotguns. But for me, I need a gun that shoots where I point it, that goes bang every single time, and that throws good, even, consistent patterns. And the Renegade has all three. Plus, I can customize the fit with the stock and that is huge because if you can't, if you don't have a shotgun that fits you, you're probably not going to hit very much. And that's a problem. Shotgunning's an art, rifle, rifle shooting's a science. Savage has kind of blended the two with the Renegade and brought 
all kinds of crazy features to bear with the new Renegade. Go online, check it out at savage.com, but more importantly, get your hands on one. See if it see how they feel, check it out for yourself. I have been super impressed so far and I'm looking forward to putting that Savage Renegade to work over the course of the next season. Those are some bits and pieces, like I said, pointing the dog in the in the direction I want it to go, pointing at its food bowl, pointing at place, um, patting for heel. I felt I feel like those things have gotten my dogs used to me using my hands. And to the point where when I make a correction, the other night Hondo took it. May have been coincidence, but he did it a couple times where it was Hondo, sit over or Hondo and man, he did it. So something that I've noticed, um, I've been really pleased with Hondo's ability to, to find place and to place from a distance. Uh, he picked that up really quickly and that's something I've been stretching out and also stretching out time on place to the other night where I threw a bumper and he sat on place for a minute and a half, two minutes. Now I was in a reservoir, so I had the bumpers just floating out there. You could do it on land. In the river, and you guys see how we hunt, most of our duck hunting is done on moving water. So you can't hold a dog real long. Um, having the ability to hold a dog or having that dog that's steady on the river is more important for keeping the dog out of danger and having control of the dog than it is um, like a cool obedience or a cool uh, steadiness to shot thing. It's a, it's a safety issue. I mean, one, yes, you want your dog steady to shot, but there's so many obstacles in our rivers out here where you get sweepers or trees in the water or boulders or whatever that I don't want my dog. I want, maybe I want that bird to float through that into safer water before I send my dog in. If I've got a dog that I can't control, they're just gonna go. And I've seen that end in disaster more than once. Um, dogs get swept under log jams or get pounded into a boulder or get sucked into some rapids. It's just, it doesn't ever turn out. So it's just as dangerous as having an, an unsteady dog in the field where you got guys shooting, they might shoot your dog. Um, <clears throat> that happens on the river too. But more than anything, I want my dog to go when I want it to go. And I'll be real honest with you, my first lab was not steady at all. And I had to adjust the way I hunted because of that. And I didn't know any better, to be real honest. Josie was an incredible retriever. Fetch anything and did some amazing things. Found birds that I, my family and friends and I thought were lost. We, we recovered birds thanks to her that we, sh we would have never been able to recover otherwise. She did some amazing things in the short time I had her, but she had such high drive and I didn't know what I was doing that she wasn't steady. Mackinac has become steady as he's gotten older. When there's another higher high drive dog in the mix, Mac has a tendency to break still. But as he's matured and gotten older and we've continued to train steadiness, continue to beat on steadiness, um, now he's pretty much at the point where he, he won't break unless I tell him to. Um, you've, probably seen, you've probably seen in some of our earlier videos, Mackinac was four years younger where he's, you know, he's breaking, especially in dry field hunts. Um, 
we've kept working on that because I know it's not safe and it's not what you want your dog doing it. Honestly, it's embarrassing for me to look back at those videos. Um, but I was also hunting with groups of guys that understood you don't shoot low um, because there might be a dog there. And so if you do, I guess, rabbit trail on steadiness, if you're hunting with a dog that's not steady or if you're hunting with a dog you don't know, maybe ask, hey, is your dog steady or is your dog going to go when we shoot? Having that expectation so you know. Now, I, I doubt any of you are willing to like shoot low anyway. Rule of thumb is there's, there's sky or there's air under your birds, right, for the most part. But again, you got to mop up cripples, whatever. Knowing what that dog is most likely going to be doing, knowing being aware of that dog at all times, um, it's just basic gun safety and I've been fortunate that I've never even had a close call with with any of my dogs Hopefully not hopefully I am going to get Hondo Much steadier than even Mackinac is right now. That is my goal um, I did not hunt him last year because I didn't want to ruin him I didn't want to get him in a situation where there's lots of birds and there's chaos and everything, there's birds falling and where everybody's yelling and hooting and hollering and retrieving birds and pretty soon birds come in and he's standing in the decoys waiting for them, you know, fair catching ducks. As they're, now that's bad deal. I don't want that. Didn't want that. And so I held him back for a year. I'm really stoked for October and November when our season starts out here because I'm, I'm really excited to see how he's going to perform. He's got a huge motor. Um, Barton, um, I don't know what Cedar's like. I've never met him. Uh, that's, that's Hondo's dad, but apparently he's like maybe a step down, tick down from like red. He's a little bit more manageable, but I tell you what, um, if Hondo is, if Cedar and Hondo have the same motor, Cedar's got a big motor too, because Hondo is, Hondo's the fastest lab that I've ever been around and just constantly wants to go, constantly wants to work, constantly wants to please, and doesn't let anything get in his way. It's super cool. But that goes back into, I recognized that about him at week 13. I recognized it much sooner than that. And I was like, you know what? Instead of doing half, half-hearted half training because the it's winter in Wyoming, the conditions are cold, um, it's hard to get outdoors because of short days, and all kinds of demands on my time, I'm going to drill down deep into steadiness and into obedience so this dog is dialed when it comes to obedience and I'm not gonna have to worry about him. So when it comes to hand signals and picking up multiple marks and doing blinds and handling in the field and more advanced work, he has the basics down. It's no different than teaching your kid to shoot free throws or dribble a basketball or dribble a soccer ball or swing a golf club, fundamentally correct. You can't practice the fundamentals enough. That's no different than with dogs than it is with kids. If you wanna be good at something, you have to master the fundamentals. Then you can move on and there's room for creativity and individualism. We're not there yet with Hondo, <laughs> but we're gonna get there and I'm really excited to get there. Um, 
I'm really excited to bring you guys Haunts featuring him this in the, in the coming months, um, just because you're gonna see some you're gonna see some raw stuff. Um, what we do is pretty organic, pretty raw, pretty unfiltered, and we, obviously we edit video, but what you see is what you get most of the time with us. And if our dogs aren't perfect, hey man, it's because we aren't perfect. And I think, I think a lot of folks out there are like that. You know, where a lot of people are working 40 plus hours a week and don't have as much time to put into their dogs as they would like. Don't have the money or the want to get a trainer either. I like to train my own dogs. I make the time. What I mean by making the time, um, I got three little kids and an incredibly devoted and understanding wife at home. My two little kids are involved in t-ball and coach pitch. Um, every four nights a week, we're at a game or a practice, and it's okay. What I have to do is I either have to go, I either have to work with Hondo in the mornings, on my lunch break, or after those practices are over and after the kids go to bed or all three. What I'm getting at is none of those scenarios is perfect. I'd obviously love to work my, to work Hondo for a large block of time in the morning. Well, I gotta be at work at seven o'clock in the morning. Doesn't get light till 5.30. I have time and I often do get up really early, get out and work the dog, work Hondo and Mackinac, especially Hondo, for 15, 20 minutes, whatever I have time for. If I have time at lunch, then I'll work some time in there. If I have 15 or 20 minutes or 30 minutes after the kids go to bed, I'll work it in there. The point is this, I've, you've got to find the time and you've got to make the time, carve it out of your schedule or your dog is not going to turn out the way you want it to turn out. There is zero coincidence that the guys and gals with the best dogs spend the most time with them. There's no substitute for that. And I'm probably, you know, it may sound like, oh, Todd, yeah, that's obvious. But I see it so many times. I've seen it with Mackinac my in the entire time I've had him. Man, that dog's so good. Must be nice to have a good dog. Um, he does everything that you want him to do. Trust me, Mac's not perfect. Like I said, you guys have seen the videos. He's not perfect, but he's pretty good. And it was a, there was a lot of time taken. It didn't just happen. You've got to put the work in. If you're starting from zero, look at a program like Cornerstone Gun Dog Academy. There's resources out there, and that's just one. Cornerstone's Cornerstone's been great for me, but there are other resources as well that if you you know you don't want to use that, or you want to use a book, or you want to use DVDs, or DVDs ancient, right? My point is this: there are more resources available to you, including YouTube videos and free content out there that is right at your fingertips. There's no excuse is what I'm getting at. I would highly recommend Cornerstone Gun Dog Academy, especially if you are a first time dog trainer, you're gonna do this for the very first time. It is easy, it is step by step, 
And as long as you follow it and you are um, consistent, it's really a can't miss um, product. So that's my plug on Cornerstone. I know I've plugged it before in the past. Um, I know you guys that are professional dog trainers or probably yeah, whatever, that's too basic or you know, whatever. That's your opinion. That's okay. Um, I wanted to try Cornerstone Gun Dog Academy and that programming is awesome for, like I said, especially the beginning dog trainer like myself. I've trained four labs now um, and I'm 44 years old and I've trained four labs Three that were my own, and uh, they all, they've all turned out pretty good. But I do not consider myself an expert dog trainer by any stretch. Um, I just had lots of time on my hands and, and kind of lucked out. I didn't want to leave Hondo to chance. I wanted the right resources, and so I nailed down some programming, and I have devoted the time to it. Like I said, I knew that with between weather conditions and time, I didn't want to progress any further than where I was when I pressed pause with Hondo because I didn't want to, I didn't want to go, I don't want to get half ass with this for lack of a better term. I wanted it to be right. And so I'm taking my time and I'm going slow with this. Um, again, guys probably find fault with me for some, some of that. You should have kept on. You should have made the time. You should have found the way. Well, it didn't happen that way. And so this is where I'm at. If you find yourself in the same boat, don't beat yourself up. You've got time, especially if your dog is young. You've got time. Keep working. Keep training. Keep grinding. Um, you guys have seen Scott Reekers, um, one of the guys here in the office, in his lab, Ace. Um, Ace's garage sale dog. Out of some, sold, brought him home out of somebody's garage. Didn't know anything about him, right? And Scott has put so much time, has invested blood, sweat, and tears into that dog. And last season, we hunted with Ace a little bit to help an aging Mackinac out, and he did just fine. Um, is he the best retriever I've ever seen? Not by a long stretch. And Scott wouldn't argue that he is. But the progression that I've seen that dog make and Scott make as going from really very inexperienced to having a dog that's serviceable, gets the job done. Ace, he doesn't lose birds. He goes and gets them. Um... It's, that's, that's a feather in Scott's cap. Um, that's, that's really a, a, uh, a testament to the, the drive and the vision that I'm going, to, I'm going to get this dog to his best potential. And uh, for what he is, Ace has done really well. And he's at a point now where Scott has a serviceable duck dog. He's not going to win style points. He's not going to win um, any hunt tests. But if he's going, Scott could take him out, and he's going to get birds out of the river for him. And that's at the end of the day, that's what Scott needs him to do. And it's worked, and it's been a lot of work and quite a bit of time involved in that. So, 
point with that is, if you, like I said, if you're finding yourself, oh man, I don't have the time, I don't have as much time as I'd like, or I'm behind with this, don't get discouraged. Pick it back up. Get your book. Get Cornerstone Gun Dog Academy. Get your listen your podcast. Get your you know your YouTube videos. Get all your training dummies. Get all your tools and get training. It's not too late. Get out and get training. You'll be happy you did when fall comes. So that's my update and I guess kind of a sermon about not only where I'm at with Hondo, but the philosophy behind it as well. Did I plan to press pause at week 13 or week 14? No, I planned on keeping right going. But life happens. And I did not... um, I had to punt a little bit with Hondo. And I feel like I made the right call in that I didn't want to push him into stuff he wasn't ready for and develop some sloppiness or some bad habits. And so where we're at with him, I'm very happy with. And I feel like I can start now this spring and summer and dive in to the rest of 52 plus and we're gonna crush it. And I hope that you guys are out crushing it too and that as Barton coined a while, a long time ago, you hashtag build from here. Um, pretty cool deal. So get out, get training, turkey season's over. Take the family fishing. Uh, Happy Memorial Day weekend, everybody. And don't forget what Memorial Day weekend's all about. Remember the fallen. Remember what what has made our country great. And that is memorialized. That is the men and women who have paid the ultimate sacrifice for all of the freedoms that we enjoy. And that's what this weekend is about. This weekend is about remembering those folks, those men and women, those folks who paid it all so that we can go barbecue ribs and uh, drink beer or some black rifle coffee over the course of the weekend. So happy Memorial Day weekend, everybody. Have a good one. Until next time, we'll see you in the field.